are here this weekend, welcome to Parkview. And if you're around the building or even out on the patio, thanks for joining us. My name's Chad. I'm one of the campus pastors around here, and we're excited that you are here. Summer is in full swing, and so I hope that you're enjoying it so far. God's doing some incredible stuff in and around the church, and uh, I can't wait to tell you some stuff that's happening. Uh, so if you're here this weekend for the first time, or maybe you've been coming a few weeks, we would love to get to know you. Uh, get connected, answer any questions that you have. And the best way that you can do that is to grab the connection card that's right in front of you in the seat pocket. You can fill that out and drop it off at the doors as you leave. Uh, or if you'd like, you can stop by our Next Steps booth when you leave. My team and I will be out there. We'd love to meet you and answer any questions that you have. Now, I did say that it was summer and that it's summertime, and we've got some incredible things happening this week, actually. It's called Summer Jam. Check this out. That's happening this week. We're really excited about it. Uh, again, it's Summer Jam, which is our version of Vacation Bible School. It starts this Tuesday night for first through fifth grade. It's for three nights in a row, 6 p.m. to 8.30. Registration is still open, so if you've got some grandkids, maybe some neighbors, uh, don't forget to sign them up. You can do that by going to parkviewchurch.info. In fact, if you go to that website, there's a whole bunch of information there about our church and other ways that you can connect in it, so don't miss out on that. This past Wednesday, I had a chance to come by the campus and got to hang out with our student ministry for their patio party. If you're unfamiliar with that, every Wednesday night, we gather all of our students from 6th to 12th grade, and we throw patio parties. And uh, it was a pretty cool experience. I was talking to Pastor Nick, and he told me that 56 new students have showed up in the last three weeks. That's amazing. And we're really excited about that. And the reason I share that with you is because if the students are showing up, I think it would be a great chance for you to show up and check out what God is doing in and through the students here at our church. And the best way you can do that is just go out to the website, scroll down to the word serve. You can click on serve and then come check out our student ministry, hang out with our students. I know they'd love to meet you and we would certainly love to have you join our team. So don't miss out on that. We've got a great weekend service planned for you. We're gonna sing some songs together. Pastor Todd is here. Uh, he's gonna share an encouraging message with us. And then after that, we're gonna take communion together. So that in mind, let me pray for us, and then we'll get things rolling. God, thank you for this weekend. Thank you that you love us, uh, that you are here with us today. God, we pray that this would be an incredible weekend for us to celebrate you and all that you've done in our life. We love you. Thanks for loving us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, why don't we stand up together, and let's worship our great God. Good morning. I hope you guys are ready to worship with us this morning. A great day to be here at Parkview. You made the right decision. So let's worship together. Amen. Let's put our hands together.
your name is so wonderful and it is full of so much power we can't help but stand or kneel before you in awe and in wonder of who you are and your unfailing love for us father god we stand here this morning as one congregation lifting up praise to the most worthy god we just ask that you would continue to bless us with more of your presence in this place this morning In the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Amen and amen. Let's give God one more hand clap of praise. And before you sit down, turn and say hello to someone that you do not know. We got love that will never need to hide. Love will always rise above. Now we're one with the sun over our heads. And at night we'll be the stars. Just be with me. Just be with me. Just be with me. Parkview. Good to see you today, everybody around Orland, uh, out at Homer Glen as well, New Lenox, everybody online. Welcome, welcome to the weekend. We are uh, in our summer series where we're definitely into uh, thick in the summer now uh, around here. And again, I'm just glad you've made the choice uh, to be here. Uh, Before we dive into a time of study today in the Bible, which is going to be really, really good, I think, uh, for all of us. I get to preach this to myself multiple times today. I'm really in, thankful for that. I need this message. Before I do that, I do want to let you know uh, that I've taken the time to write out just a few words um, because I do want to acknowledge uh, the historic week that we have had as a nation uh, when it comes to the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision. Yeah, I want to acknowledge that, and, and I just, I want us to say and, and to understand as a congregation all across Chicagoland and across the country that where, wherever you feel like you are, whether your side won or your side lost, I want to encourage you to offer kindness, and I want to encourage you to um, continue to seek understanding and fight against any division that may come in the, the circle of people that you uh, work with and live with and, and go to school with as well. Um, I think it should be no surprise to any of you who have been around Parkview for a while, but Parkview is fully devoted to Jesus, amen? Um, we're not partisan with any political party or ideology. Uh, one thing I love about our church in Parkview is our diversity that we gather across campuses and online every single weekend across all socioeconomic, racial, and even political spectrums. And we do that to understand and live out and hear the good news of Jesus. Amen. That's why we're here. That's why we're around here. I spent some time with Pastor Tim on the phone last night. And uh, spent a whole lot of time thinking, praying, staying up late last night just with where we are as a nation. And I feel like it's a good thing for us to do today as God's church is to pray together as we head into a week uh, with all kinds of friends and family and coworkers. So would you do that with me before we dive into our study? If you're comfortable with that, would you just bow your head and let's pray together today. Father God, You tell us in Psalm chapter 139 that you've knit us together in our mother's womb. So we know that you care deeply about the unborn. We also know that you care deeply about women who are pregnant and in difficult situations. God, we continue, we pledge and continue to serve women and children and to help alleviate their suffering. We will always defend life 
we will always come alongside women who find themselves in crisis pregnancy. And God, we pray that you will help us be peacemakers this week, showing love and grace and mercy and patience with one another, even those with whom we disagree. And God, I pray. I pray that followers of Jesus would step up in a big, big way and show emotional and spiritual and financial assistance to the moms and children who need our support. We promise to focus on Jesus, the greatest hope for our divided world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says? Amen. Amen. Well, again, I'm not sure where you are, and it's been a big week, and how you're coming into this week, and maybe feeling really happy, really sad, really numb, or really confused, and we're all gathered up here. And here's what I just want to say, wherever you are, however you're coming in, I promise, I promise, I promise that what we're going to study today is going to hit us right where we live. Uh, today, we're going to study in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you have a Bible or a smartphone or a tablet, however you locate things in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 17, it's the story, the famous story of David and Goliath. The curtains on the story of David and Goliath open, where you have the armies of the Philistines and the armies of the Israelite people, God's people, standing on two sides of this huge valley. And the way that war worked in those days is that each nation would pick one person to come out for their nation and fight. So they would pick one person, and that person would come out into the middle of this huge field, and they would fight each other. And everybody would basically stand around and watch. And that person, if they won, they would win for not only themselves, but they would also win for their entire nation. And so standing on the side of the Philistines is this guy named Goliath. You've probably heard of him. We have a description of Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Check this out. A champion named Goliath who was from Gath. Everybody say Gath. Gath. Just sounds like a bad place to be from, doesn't it? Where are you from? I'm from Gath. Gath? Yeah, Gath. He came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. That's close to 200 pounds, by the way, of just the armor that he's wearing. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and had a bronze javelin slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and the iron point weighed 600 shekels. That's about 25 pounds just on his spear. And a shield bearer went in front of him. So here's this huge giant, he's coming out with all this 200 pounds, and then he has this little guy running around in front of him. You know, it's like a cartoon. He's got this little shield bearer running around in front of him. And I can't help but think about this. Some of you, we've been together five, six, seven years now, and you know I have an overactive mind. When I start reading through scripture, I start to just think about how it would be today and how it would apply today. Maybe you do the same thing. And so I've been thinking, what if we were describing Goliath today? What if we were looking at this story like today? You know what I think Goliath would be like? What he would be described like? Like one of these like a UFC person, right? That's how we would be talking about and writing verses about him today. In fact, I spent some time just a couple of days ago writing out, just kind of doing a brainstorm on what we would do to describe him in UFC language. Maybe something like this. 
As the lights went dark, the song Welcome to the Jungle played, and people rose to their feet. Into the standing room only arena walked the current undefeated UFC champion Goliath, who trained at a secret gym in Gath. Good, right? Just a little more. He was over nine feet tall. He had fists the size of footballs, arms that looked like anacondas, thighs of steel, shins of stone, and locks of perfectly groomed hair that resembled Pastor Richie. There's more. He boasted 276 victories, one by submission, one by knockout, and the rest by death. He was sponsored by Beggar's Pizza. <laughs> Maybe that's what he would be like if we were describing Goliath uh, today. But obviously, let's get back into that place and that story. This giant is coming out, and he's taunting and challenging the Israelite army every day, and nobody wanted to accept the challenge. Now, the most obvious person to fight against uh, Goliath would have been King Saul. He was the captain of the Israelite army. The Bible says that he stood head and shoulders above all of the other Israelites, but he wasn't that excited about getting in the ring with Goliath. And so for 40 days in the morning and the evening, Goliath comes out and he's trash-talking the Israelite people. No one wants to take him up on it. Far removed from the battlefield, off in this little village, is this guy named David. Some of you have heard stories about David, know who David is. One day, David's dad asks him to go out to the battlefront and take some food to his brothers who are out there on the battlefront fighting, right? And so David took the food, and he went towards the battle lines. And here's what I want us to realize. David had no idea then in just a matter of hours, he was going to face the greatest challenge of his life. And I want to pause there because my guess is some of you around all campuses, all around Chicagoland, online, you're just around the corner from a life-changing moment. You're a few hours or days or just a few weeks away from coming face-to-face with a giant in your life. We all have giants in our lives. These are circumstances and situations that that just seem to tower over us, things that we can't, we don't feel like we can go up against these things. Maybe your giant for you is some, your boss at work, your your employer, and and they just seem to keep you down. You're intimidated by them, or maybe it's a spouse that you live with, and you're just, the the truth is, you, you act great on the weekend, but you're just kind of battling with things at home. Maybe it's a professor at school, or maybe it's just an antagonistic neighbor. Maybe you have a neighbor that's just mean. Like, like you bring them cookies, and they're mean. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's just a tough team member at work, and you don't want to go to work because you don't want to see this person. It's just a tough person at work. Maybe your giant is a toddler (laughs) who lives in your home. And they're like two or three years old. But they dominate you. They tower over you. Some of you are clapping. The moms are like, yes, help me, Jesus. (laughs) Maybe for you it's a debt that you owe to someone that you don't feel like you can repay. 
Maybe it's a degree you're trying to earn, or maybe it's a disease you're trying to overcome. Maybe your giant is bitterness that you have towards someone and you wish you could get rid of it, but you just don't feel like you can, or it's loneliness, or it's fear, or it's anxiety, or maybe it's some kind of guilt of something you've done that you can't overcome, or maybe your giant is just not being motivated. You're just apathetic. You, you, you wish you were motivated to, you know there's things you should be doing, but you just don't want to do them. And it's like a giant every day. It's like, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, and you just keep putting those things off. Maybe it's that you're unemployed or you feel like you're unnoticed. Maybe your giant is some sort of addiction that you felt like you were doing pretty good with and then you wake up again today and that addiction is right back in your face and you keep failing at it and it's a giant in your life. I don't know what yours is, but I know we all have them. I know we all have giants in our lives. So here's what I want us to do as we get ready to dive into the story of David. I just want you to think about this. My giant is, my giant is what? How would you fill in? That blank, just go ahead and fill it in in your mind. Is that that thing or that person or that situation? What is it? It's important to get that in your mind. What is that giant that you're facing? Something that's hard to overcome, that's intimidating in your life this week. A few weeks ago, I was with a friend of mine and we were having one of those long breakfasts, like a three-hour long breakfast. You ever had one of those super long breakfasts where your friend has a whole lot to say? We were having one of those breakfasts and several hours uh, into it, he just kept saying over and over, it's just too big, it's, it's just too big. He was describing some certain scenarios in his life and he just kept saying, it's just too big. And what he was describing is this giant thing in his life. Now, here's what I need you to know. We've been having breakfast for over a year now and every time we have breakfast, this is what we talk about. We talk about this same certain scenario going on in his life and it's just too big. And, and after several hours of conversation, here's what I did. I finally said, hey, bro, bro, bro. That's why I, I call everybody, bro. Hey, bro. Let's, let's do this. Let's make a plan and attack that giant this summer. How about that? We've been talking about it for a while. Let's make a plan. Let, let's attack and let's defeat that giant this summer. And he just kind of started to smile as we started talking about that because the idea of being giant free by like Labor Day was almost too much. And maybe you were feeling some of that same thing. If I could be giant free by Labor Day, that, that would be unbelievable. So let's do this. Let's walk slowly today through the story of David, and let's make some observations and applications for our own lives. Realizing that the things that David did to defeat the giant Goliath are also the very same things that you and I will be able to do and use to defeat the giants in our lives today. So if you have that giant in your mind, you're thinking about diving into that this week, getting giant free in this one area by the end of the summer, Here's a few things we can do. The first thing is this. If you're taking notes, take a picture of the screen, whatever you want to do. David had the proper motives. You got to be thinking about your motives when you go up against giants and big things in your life. David had proper motives. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see this man that keeps coming out? That's Goliath, remember? Coming out and taunting them, things like that. He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give his daughter's hand in marriage, and he will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. And David asked the men standing near him, what? What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see, David wasn't motivated by all of the wealth that he was going to be promised. 
He wasn't motivated by tax-free status for life, which seems pretty good, especially in the state of Illinois. Amen. He wasn't motivated by the king's daughter's hand in marriage. He was motivated by, okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, okay, okay, I see what's going on. All that's great, but who is this? What are we allowing to happen? Who is this person who is defying the armies of the living God? The first thing to check when you're going up against giants in your life is your motives. Why am I doing this? Why is it that I want to be victorious over this thing, this person, this event, this circumstance in my life this coming week, this summer? Why do I want to be successful? Is it to make myself look good or is it to make God look good? In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2, it says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Our motives, what's on the inside of us, what's on the inside of me, gets weighed by the Lord. The cool thing I think about David defeating Goliath is that he had proper motives. And maybe you're thinking, Todd, how do you know that? I mean, okay, you know, you can say that, but it's like it's thousands of years ago, and you, you weren't there, and there wasn't, you wouldn't have definitely like some reporters, or there was, you know, no website about that or anything, you know, like that necessarily. How, how do you know that he had proper motives? I'll tell you how I know he had proper motives. He never bragged about it. He never bragged about it. How many of you know that David was an author, right? A pretty famous author. He was a musician, a famous musician and poet. He wrote all kinds of songs. And you know what his songs are called? They're called Psalms. In our Bible, in the Old Testament of your Bible, the book of Psalms is the poems and the songs of David. These are what he wrote. He was famous for them. And I'm telling you, you can go home this weekend and you can look all through the Psalms in the Old Testament of your Bible and you're never going to find one of them that starts out by saying, so I woke up this morning and killed me a giant. It's not there. It's not there. You're not, you're not going to find it. Now, if I had killed that giant, <laughs> it would have been a different story because I would like written a book about it. I'd have, a ser- I'd have a book deal for a series of books. I'd certainly have a website all about, you know, the giant killing dot whatever, com org, net. Whole network of giant killers. I, I would have a, Inst- I'd be an Instagram influencer. I, I would be TikTok famous. I-, I would have a podcast where people were paying me to advertise. You know what I'm talking about? But David, David never even really mentions it. This great victory. Because the giant wasn't defeated to bring David glory. He was defeated to bring God glory and to make God look great. So the first thing this week, this summer, if you're thinking about going against some big things that trouble you, that stand against you in your life, the first thing to check is your motives. Why am I wanting to do this? Why am I wanting to be successful? Why am I wanting to be victorious? Check your motives on that. And then here's the second thing. If you feel like you have good motives, if you feel like you're cruising on that and your motives are good and pure, then here's the second thing you need to know is going to happen if you start to face giants this coming week. Same thing with David. David overcame discouraging words and criticism. You're going to get some of that when you go up against battles in your life. Let's check this out for Samuel again. When Eliab... David's older brother, oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger at him, and he asked, Why have you come down here? Why are you here? Why are you at the battle lines? 
And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. Huh. Let me ask you something, Parkview. Have you ever been hurt by a family member? Have you ever, like, told your family that you were going to attempt something big in your life? And instead of them supporting you and encouraging you, they criticized you. You see, when the people who are supposed to be your biggest fans become your biggest critics, it hurts. And we're not always sure how we should react to that. Somebody sends you like some terrible text message and what do you do? You like, I'm, I'm going to torpedo them back. I'm hello, don't say that to me. Right? So, somebody ignores you. You feel ignored. You want to double, I'm going to double ignore. I'm going to triple ignore you. Like for, for two months of ignoring for that. Somebody makes you feel small. You want to make them feel even like small, like tiny, tiny. You want, you want to make them feel so small. But look what David did. Look what David did, 1 Samuel again. Now what have I done? Speaking to his brother. Now what have I done, David asked. Can I even speak? And then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. The whole deal about, hey, what's going to happen? This army, he's defined the army as the living God. He, he just turns and brings it up to someone else. And, and what's so striking to me about this when I study through it and think through it in my life is that David, he could have wasted so much of his time and energy fighting with his own brother. But he doesn't. You know why? Because I think somehow, deep down inside, he knew that ultimately, this is not the story of David and Eliab. It's the story of David and Goliath, right? If, if, it was the, if that's where he'd have stopped, if he'd have just been fighting with his brother, we would not be studying it today. The story of David and Eliab, just two brothers bickering, that's not uncommon. That's no big deal. He knew it was not the story of David and Eliab. He knew it was the story of David and Goliath. And check this out. He did not allow the petty things to take over the primary things in his life. This is so challenging and convicting to me. I was just thinking about this and just wrote this down in my notes last night. That There's so many times that I allow the little petty battles in my life to take over the primary battles in my life. And I get sidetracked. You ever do that? David did not spend the next 10 chapters fighting with his brother. There's no indication that this wrecks his day or his week. And here's what I want to say to you. When, you. when you get serious about standing up to some of the giants in your life, there's a really, really good chance some people around you are going to be threatened by that. And they're going to begin to criticize you. You know why? Because you represent what they know they ought to be doing. You represent what they know they ought to be doing. Listen, when you start to get after it in your life, the people who aren't getting after it will start getting after you because you're getting after it. That's just what happens. When you face giants this week, this month, 
you will get some criticism. And you can choose, I can choose to get all defensive and spend the rest of your day, the rest of your week trying to straighten out those critics. You ever been there? You ever, you ever tried to just straighten out people who don't see it right? You ever tried to straighten out the critics? It's exhausting. It doesn't usually work. You can spend the rest of your day and energy trying to straighten out those critics, or you can just choose to say, you know what? I am not going to allow my critics to determine my future. I'm not going to allow the petty things to become primary things because I know I have a bigger thing in battle going on here. And so you can choose to ignore some of that criticism that no doubt is going to come flowing into your life or your family when you start to stand up against some things that other people know they should be standing up. Here's another final thing for us to think about. If you're going to be doing this, if you're going to be facing some giants, standing up to some things in your life this week, next week, Understand this from the life of David. David gained strength from facing everyday challenges. Just day after day, he was facing these things, and it, it strengthened him to what we see today. Check this out in the Bible. But David said to Saul, that's, that's the king who should have been fighting Goliath. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. If that was me, it would have said, and the sheep died. <laughs> and he ate it. <laughs> and they all died, then I ran. That's what I would have said. That's what he said. When it took a sheep from the flock, I went after it. And, and I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. Yeah. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, and I killed it. Wow. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. When David was out there, in that field, no one else around, with his sheep, and that lion or that bear came up after him and after those sheep, you know what? He, he could have ran. He could have easily run, and no one would have known. No one would have known except David, except for God. But David chose to stay. He chose to fight, and he gained huge strength in his life from facing just those everyday normal challenges for a shepherd. It's very interesting to me what David doesn't say here. David doesn't say to the king. David doesn't say to all the other Israelite people standing around. He doesn't say, hey, 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 listen, listen. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned, okay? I've learned that I can defeat some lions and some bears. Okay? Hey. can. I did it. Take them. I can defeat him. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. Here's what he says. He says, I've learned that God, who delivered me from the hand of the lion and the bear, or the paw of the lion and the bear, can also deliver me from this challenge as well. Amen? Here's the truth, Parkview. 
whether you've been around Parkview or whether you've been going to church all your life or whether you've been going to church just a little bit or whether this is your first time back in church in like forever, guess what? We all have lions and bears. Whether you're 16 years old, young person, whether you're 26, young adult, whether you're 46, 76, we all have these challenges that enter into our everyday lives. And here's what I know is true about David and about you and about me. Here's what I know is true about us. Check this out. If we want to experience victory in big ways tomorrow, we must be faithful in little ways today. In other words, you can't make up your mind at like the last second to be that giant killer. It happens day after day after day. It's oftentimes the small, seemingly insignificant, oftentimes private, don't miss that, oftentimes private decisions that you and I make that no one else even sees. It's those private decisions that we make today that enable us to experience victory tomorrow. I can guarantee you that Goliath never ever counted on some no-name shepherd that had no armor at all, no shield, no sword, no spear, no real battle experience. He never counted on that type of person coming into that battle. But he did. Look at the way this goes. Back to 1 Samuel. David said to the Philistine, so they're standing out there now just face to face, everyone else is up on the side of the hill. He said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and I will cut off your head. I think he may, he may have a little swagger there, I don't know. I, 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 would have, I don't know if he did, he probably didn't, okay? So just read it regular, I'll cut off your head. No biggie. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and we will give all of you, he will give all of you into our hands. And that is exactly what happened. If you keep on reading the story later on today in this weekend, he defeats Goliath. And indeed, he cuts off his head. It's in there. You're like, there's somebody head being cut off in the Bible? Yeah, there is. You, you should read it. The Bible's got all kinds of good stuff in there. So he cuts off his head, and he becomes the undisputed UFC champion. Right? Bring it all back around. So what does this mean for us? Here's the next step. Here's the next step this weekend for you, for me. What giant do you need to face this week? Just think about it for a minute. What circumstance has been coming up against you for a while now? What person, what scenario really threatens you? Maybe it's really huge. Maybe it's actually a little small, but you just feel like you've never had the position to conquer it. What is that giant? Just like the conversation I had with my friend a few weeks ago at breakfast, let me extend that to you today and let me just 
be speaking right to you today. Let's attack that giant. Let's attack that giant in your life that has been existing there for a while. This summer, let's defeat that giant. What if you could be giant-free by Labor Day? How amazing would that be? Let's say we're going to do it. Let's put a plan together. And here's the plan. Here's the plan. Don't forget. If you're going to do this, if you're going to stand up something, don't forget to check your motives. Why am I wanting to be victorious? Is it to make me look good or to let God look good? Am I resting on my strength or God's strength? Be ready to face some discouraging words and criticism. If you start to stand up to things that other people know they should be standing up to or for, you're gonna get some criticism for it. Be ready for that, it's coming. And then gain confidence and strength from facing everyday challenges. There are probably some little things that you need to do today, this afternoon, this evening, tomorrow morning, that you can gain some little victories, and those little victories that you gain over the next two or three days are going to allow you in the next two or three weeks to defeat some big giants in your life. So let's do that. Let's not allow the petty things, the little things and battles to become the primary battles of our lives. Let's keep our eyes on those things God's calling us to. Amen? All right, let's pray together. God, thanks so much for today, for letting us gather up here. Thanks so much for your word, the Bible, the story of David, that probably a lot of us have heard for a lot of our lives, either in church or from someone else. God, I pray today that somehow something is different. That you would allow your truth to sink into our lives in a new way and we would indeed be encouraged, we would be strengthened, that we can bring victory in our lives where we thought there was only defeat. God, we thank you for your grace upon us. Help us to live with kindness towards others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen. Won't you stand with us? We're going to worship together and claim the victory as a congregation. Amen. Here we go. I walk through the 
good to celebrate that with you. Go ahead and grab a seat. We're going to keep worshiping our God and celebrating all that he's done for us through communion. And so hopefully when you came in, you were to grab one of these packs. If you're on the patio, I know we've got some out there too for you as well. And if you're online, join with us. Grab some crackers and juice and celebrate with us. And as you prepare for that, uh, let's just go back real quick to what you heard from Pastor Todd. This little thing about petty to primary. How incredible is it that because of what Jesus did so many years ago, we now have confidence to face whatever's in front of us. He's already there. He's already done the great work. And so it's with the confidence that we can go ahead and face whatever it is we've got this week. That's worth celebrating. That's worth giving thanks for. So let's do that. Let's take a moment together. And then I'll come back out. We'll take communion together. Friends, this is the body of Christ given for you. Take and eat. Now the blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink. Let's pray together. Father, first we just want to say thank you for being this incredible God that uh, came into this world, that died for our sin that left behind an empty grave and now sits in heaven. God, thank you for the hope and confidence we have that one day we'll be with you forever. 
And so God, until then, in the restlessness that we may experience, God, in the, the tensions, the, the moments where we have inflection points, God, I pray that you'd give us great confidence to face them, to trust you in the circumstances that are in front of us, and to believe with all of our faith, God, that you have a good work, you have a good plan for us. Thank you for your deep love, for your deep generosity, for your kindness to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said, amen. Hey, before you leave, don't forget, uh, Summer Jam is this week. Uh, if you're interested in being a part of that, we'd love for you to join our team and volunteer this week with our kids. Uh, you can find more information out at our Summer Jam booth. But uh, don't miss out on that. Registration is still online. Why don't we stand up together? As you do, let me pray for us. God, thanks for this weekend. We pray as you leave, uh, God, that you help us to love the people around us the way that you have loved us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next time.